Let Him Go Barefoot is a podcast that dives into all things parenting and education through the lens of mindful awareness. Conversations aim to bring forward patterns, beliefs, and attitudes that shape our expectations and ideas about what it means to raise healthy children. With the blend of science, ancient wisdom, and intuition, we will explore ways to support, nurture, and connect with our growing children while also nurturing and expanding ourselves. I am grateful you are here. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. I have a wonderful guest joining the podcast. It is Marta, who is the author of 18, An Unschooling Experience. And I asked Marta to come on because I read her book and I have enjoyed the stories that she shares and the experiences that her children have had. But what really struck me is the experience that she had as an unschooling mom and what it meant to her. And so I think we get into unschooling as parents because we're so focused on our children, but we kind of forget that it actually can be an enjoyable, wonderful time for us too as parents. It gives us an opportunity to delve into things that we're interested in. It maybe even opens our eyes to areas we wanted to study as kids and maybe didn't get a chance to. And so it's not really just an experience for the children. It's also for the parents. And I appreciate how Marta talked about that in her in her book. So welcome, Marta. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, what you just said, my goodness, I got so emotional. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's so good. I mean, it is. It's a. It's a, such a sweet recount of all the different ways that our children interact with the world and how we pick up on it, but also how we benefit from it. And as a matter of fact, before I even get into it, I I just want to say this out the gate. So as I was reading, I I took special notes of the words that you use. So here, here are some words that you use to describe your experience unschooling your three children. Ecstatic, enchanting, it was a gift, mystified, enthusiastic, and you called yourself a wild woman (laughs) at one point. Um, And, and I think that really spoke to me because it's true. And I mean, yes, of course there's challenges. Of course we get frustrated and, and all the things related to living it, 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 there's, you know, there's hard times, um, including things not going the way we expected it, but to, to read your story and to read your experiences, it was a, it was a gift to me to hear how you described it. So let's just jump into it. You know, what, what inspired you to write this book? Oh my goodness. Um, First of all, I want to say that I'm not a writer and never in my life I thought I would write a book. But when my son was turning 18, just a few months earlier than his birthday, I got very emotional. A lot of emotions possess my body. (laughs) And I think it's because his pregnancy was unwanted. It was unplanned. And I had a hard time accepting it. And my life changed completely because I became a mom. And I think it was like therapy and closure of I I have done it. I have educated this kid. I have raised him. He's healthy. We succeeded. I, I think it was closure. And all these emotions wrote the book, not me. It was insane because mm. for two months, I sat down and wrote this book in this computer and my family did not recognize me because I've never done that. <laughs> yeah. 
so that's I amazing. It was the emotions of my son turning 18. Yes. Mm, mm-hmm. Well, yes. Marta, I can relate to that so much. As a matter of fact, I just talked about this not too long ago with um, somebody else on a podcast and it was, it was the uh, experience of my son. He'll be 21 this year. So he finished a semester in um, the college that he's in and he came out of his room and he's like, all right, I wrapped up and I made, you know, he shared his grades and, and I, you know, gave him a big hug. And then all of a sudden I just had tears started coming down my face and he was like, what's going on? What's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. I was like, all of a sudden I just got so overwhelmed that that same experience that you said, we did it. We did it. And, and this whole, because we do question our decisions as parents, not, not because we don't trust ourselves necessarily, but because we are comparing ourselves to what the world says you're supposed to do. And when you take a step out of that, that sort of mainstream thought process and, and kind of doing things the way everything's been done, even if you feel very convicted and strong about it, it's, there's still some relief that when you get, when you're on the other side of it, you're like, Oh my God, okay. Whoa, that worked out. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but I relate to that extreme, like kind of a, it's almost like a download or not a download, but just a, just a relax. You can breathe, you know, it's just, yes. you, Oh, I can breathe now. And when so, I was, yeah. When I was writing the book, then I kept telling my husband, I can feel it inside of me that somebody out there has to read it. I know one mom out there is going to benefit from that book. Mm, mm-hmm. And well, I got a few, I got a few messages from moms that, yes, it's true. I was supposed to write it and publish it. Yes. Yes. They did. It did help them. Indeed. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, speaking of your husband, let's talk about your relationship to, um, to with him and also his opinion of unschooling. Like, so how did that look for you all when you sort of made that transition? <laughs> Because I know, well, I will just give a little secret. There's a there's a part in the book where you said y'all are kind of doing it in secret. <laughs> yes. My husband was very okay with me homeschooling, like taking them out of school and educate them at home. Mm-hmm. That was never a problem. He was very okay with it. But when I learned about unschooling, I realized how society perceives it. Inside the homeschool community, I could see how homeschool moms perceive unschooling in a very negative way. And society doesn't like unschooling, basically. So I was very afraid of my husband's reaction. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So first I had to do it in secret because he was not asking, what are we doing? He He trusted me so much that I never had to prove anything to him. So... I let time pass so I myself could get acquainted with unschooling and all the knowledge. And then when I felt brave, months and months, months, lots of months later, I told him, this is what I'm doing. And I was able to explain it to him, mm-hmm. but not at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, you're right in that sometimes these terms and these ideas can seem so far-fetched that if you do just drop it on people they're not going to be, they're not going to accept it or they're not going to be open to hearing what you're saying because it sounds too out there. So the fact that you were already able to do it and he didn't notice any like drastic change in his children. Exactly. (laughs) You you know, it's like, you're still just living your life, doing your thing. So let's talk about your kids. Give us a little breakdown of of your your three children and, um, you know, just kind of where they are right now in life. And also, well, maybe where they were when you started writing the book and then where they are now. 
Okay, okay. When oh, where where were when I started writing the book? Where were yes, you? yeah. How old were they when you started writing? And then you know where okay, are they so now? When I was writing the book, my son was turning eighteen, so um, he was he was starting to write his book, his novel that he wrote. Mm-hmm. That's what he was doing and working at a coffee shop to have some income. And he was also um, what is the name in English? A coach for video gaming. Oh, wow. Okay. So he was 18, working, having some income, coaching video games, and writing his novel. My daughter was, was she 15, 14 or 15? She was starting her her life as a, an aerialist, acrobatic aerialist. Yeah. <laughs> that was the beginning of her, of this chapter that we're finishing now. And my son, my youngest one, he was following his soccer dream. He was, yeah, that was, my son is the one, the youngest one is the one that has changed the most after I read the book, after I wrote, wrote the book. Okay. So he, he was how old when you started writing the book? So your oldest was was 18. I guess he was 12, 12, 13. Okay. So he was 12 or 13 and that's now been what, three years? Yeah. Now he's 15. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and also too, for those who haven't seen the cover of your book, you know, you have your, you have three silhouettes of children and one is the aerialist and one is sitting on the the number 18, reading a book and the other one's kicking a soccer ball. Yes. So you have a little representation of your three kids and what their main interests were at the time. Um, well, one thing too, that, that, that I took from the book was how you kind of broke down the different chapters based on the particular interest of that they had at the time, but then also specific events that were very impactful. Um, you have a section on pets, you have a section on soccer, um, and, and, and other sections related to what the interests are or big changes in your life. Um, and I know as a mom who's been doing this, my son is like I said, almost 21 and we did it from the very beginning. Um, and I've felt that way many times. Like I could write a book based on where he was in his life. So it's like the deep dives that they're able to really do when they're living this unschooled life. So how do you feel like that helped your children and benefited your children? I don't know how to answer this, Missy. <laughs> well, so think let's think about their individual interests. Like, how did living kind of the unschool oh, life allow yeah, them that time? Yeah, it was it was their motor. Is that the right word? It kept that's a them, great word. Yeah, it kept yeah, them going. It kept mm-hmm. them going. They never stopped. Um, one time, a friend of mine, who is she grew up and schooled herself. She's a grown mm-hmm. up now. And she's unschooling her children. One time she told me, when she finished my book, she said, you have done everything. Oh, I don't know the word in English now. Like you have done everything 100%, like head on, diving mm-hmm. in. And mm-hmm. then when your kids were done with it, bye. <laughs> Moving on to something else. <laughs> yes, well, it's, that's, that's how we did it, right? Very passionately. We, we just follow it. Yeah, you it follow it. Mm-hmm. I love that description because that's true. It's like what they get up for. It's what they're excited about. It's what gets them going every day. And I, and I, I think people underestimate the power of the passions and the power of the interest. And, you know, sometimes using that word, follow your passions can seem a little cliche and maybe even a, a little hollow, like really, can you follow your passions every day, all the time? <laughs> you know, some people might get a little cynical about it, but 
yeah. it it shows the importance of paying attention to the kids in front of you. It's and funny that you say that, Missy, because I just finished writing a second book. Oh, gosh. Okay. And, and one of the chapters of the book is interests are powerful. And I talk yeah. all about that. Yeah. Because it is unbelievable how following your interest is so powerful. I don't know how to explain it. It's powerful. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your kid's interest. You talked about your yes. oldest now who who was writing a book while he was working. Um, so as far as the video game coaching, was video games something that he played and enjoyed a lot as a child? And, and it just sort of grew into something he was so good at that he was like, you know what? I can make money. Um, about my son, the oldest one, I cannot give you many details because he's such a quiet boy. That I don't even know what he's doing. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's seriously? He's a quiet kid. Yeah. But he played lots of video games, lots of them. But the one that he was coaching, I had no idea that he was playing that game. I've never even seen him. So I don't know how that happened. Um, it was called Squadron, something about Star Wars. Okay. You, you fly a plane or something. And yeah, he became the coach of a team. And they won the cup. <gasps> that's amazing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. See, that's 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 a great example of following those passions and seeing where they lead you, you know? But yeah, video gaming is his passion as a hobby. And writing is his passion as a career. And he finished, he finished writing his novel. And again, like I told you, he didn't tell us. He gave it to he sent it to different publishing companies. And they answer him with, with a yes. And he kept it all quiet. He didn't, he didn't tell us. Wow. So how did you find out? Because once in a while we ask him questions. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, yeah, okay, by the way, how about this? Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Oh, boy, he's so quiet. Well, so, yeah, right now he's negotiating with a, with a publishing company. Okay. That's fascinating. I love that. I love the girl. Yeah. So... One thing I wanted to touch on about your son, and you were mentioning him being kind of shy or quiet or reserved, and and another piece that stuck out for me is the fact that we have to realize that sometimes our kids are going to be dramatically different than us. Yes. And you handled that, I think, in such a unique way in that you found someone who could be his mentor that you could trust that really was kind of on the same level with him, that you had a very different style. Yes. And sometimes you were like, he needs a different mother. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and I think that that's, that, that says a lot about you. That says a lot about your willingness to realize that you can't provide everything for him exactly how he needs it. And that's okay. And I think that's such a powerful message. And I hope people will hear that and realize that, getting somebody to do something with your child that they need does not mean you failed. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If anything, that, that means you're really powerful because you're showing I'm willing to let, take a step back and give you what you need. So do you mind giving us a little bit more insight there? Like how did you find this woman who was his mentor and why? My goodness, this woman is a miracle from heaven. I don't know no. how else to describe. <laughs> um, she, I met her one of my very first days of the homeschool co-op when I was brand new to the homeschool world and I went to the co-op near my house. It was very the beginning and that's when I met her. We clicked right away 
because she had two children who were adopted from another country. And just like me, one of my kids is also adopted from another country. And that you just relate and you click. Mm -hmm. And then she's very hippie minded like me. So we related so well like that too. Um, we click very well as two human beings, two, two friends. But she's very different than me. And she was exactly what my son needed. And she loved my son. And my son loved learning from her. And it was, it was, it just happened all so natural. I didn't have mm. to look. And very, very mutually beneficial. Yes, because her children, her two kids, they're twins. They're like troublemakers. And when, <laughs> yeah, in a good way, in a good way. <laughs> yeah. And when they are with my son, they become better. And then when my son is very shy and introverted, those two kids bring him out to the social world. It was the perfect combination. They're still that's best right. friends nowadays. Mm, that's wonderful. Yes. Well, and talk, talk a little bit more about your community because you're, I know you were in Atlanta and you're still in Atlanta, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So what the homes, it sounds like you all have a, a few different opportunities in Atlanta than maybe we do here. Because yes. I'm mistaken that you have like a homeschool cooperative that you can go to that anybody can join. Well, I have learned by Googling on the internet that Georgia and North Carolina or South Carolina, one of those, we are one of the states that there's lots of homeschooling families. We are huge. I didn't know that. Yeah. Home, and, homeschooling here is huge. Oh, really? In North Carolina, yeah. Oh, oh that's where you are. Mm -hmm. um, and there are so many homeschool groups. It's ridiculous. So I couldn't decide which one. And I just went with the one near me. That's all oh, I okay. did. Yep. Okay. Walking distance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, even better. <laughs> what, yeah. And you said it was a group. So did they meet at a like a school or was it just a, a group that met at a park? Or how, how did they operate? Yes, we met in two places at a civic center and also a church because we were so big that we had to split mm, okay so we rented the civic center and we rented the church once a week and then after being in the building for classes and activities then we met at the park i see on a specific day during the week always the same day wednesday on Wednesdays during the week. Okay, that's but wonderful. But then you make friends, you make clicks, and that's when you meet with your friends during the week, right? Right. That's yep. when you meet everybody. Yep. And I do think, you know, sometimes when people consider homeschooling, they feel worried that they won't have a community. And right. that even though they're participating in the school community, which sometimes can even be isolating, even though you have all these people around you, um, that the... the the beauty I have found in, in the homeschooling circles is that one, they are smaller, but what that means is you really get to know people. Yes. You know, you really do become part. So we, I mean, we have people that we met when my kids were younger that we still do stuff with and it feels exactly. like they're an extension of our family. Exactly. And um, yeah, it's really wonderful. I love that. So yeah, let's get into your daughter. So your son right. is the oldest and then your daughter, and she's the one that you said is an aerialist now. Yes, so she was okay. starting that world when I wrote the book. We found an amazing gym that had everything that she needed. She needed instruction for rope, doing moves on a rope. And for the past three years, that's what she has done. She has done other things too, like net and trapeze and lots of things. But she focused on the rope. 
Mm-hmm. And it has been three years now. This month of June marks the three years. And she is going to a college in Europe where she will be training for rope. <laughs> wow. How about that? It, it's a circus, circus arts center that trains you, but at the same time, they, they give you a degree. So you have something when you come out. Mm. And that's where she's going to go this September. Well, and, and, you know, prior to her rope interest and her aerial interest, I know that there was a, a little stint with horses. And what I took from that was the fact that, you know, they might have an interest at one point in their life that they're really, really serious about, and it might change. And it doesn't mean that you failed as a mom because they didn't keep it forever or as a family, you know, sometimes it just shifts. And, um, I know personally, my daughter was into horses and, um, when she started shifting out of riding, I remember feeling sad (laughs) and it's not because I was a horse person. It was more that I saw how much it changed her and, and encouraged her. And it just gave her so many different opportunities and, and it, helped her mature emotionally and physically. And, um, so I, I had an attachment to the horse because of what it provided for her. So when she made the decision to kind of leave it, I remember feeling a little grief about it. So did you experience that at all when your kids got into something that they were into for a while and then they left? No, if I have to be honest, no, for some reason, maybe it's because of all the books that I have read. I Mm. knew, I knew that it was okay to quit, change and move on to something new. Like I was very okay with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. In fact, I didn't like the horse world. So I I was (laughs) happy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's so funny yeah because I you know I'm not one to get on a horse my daughter has asked me and I did I did one time I actually got a um for Christmas I gave her a present that was a riding option in another place and I was like and your mom's gonna go with you and she's like what she was so excited and oh, wow. we did it but I the whole time I was like get me off of this thing oh my god I was miserable I was scared to death <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think your mom's feet are better on the ground taking photos of you on this horse. <laughs> that's that's where my that's role so is. Uh, okay, so your daughter's doing that. So now how about your youngest? My youngest, he, he was um, following his soccer dreams, his soccer passion. And that made him choose to go to high school, public high school, because he learned that when you become a high schooler, by age, the soccer players in your club, they all disappear because they play for the high school. Okay. So what he okay. learned is that during the fall season, everybody plays in the in the soccer club. And then winter and springtime, everybody's gone because everybody plays for the high school. That's when he mm. found out, I need to go to high school. <laughs> I see. So it was the interest in soccer that was so strong that he was willing yes. to say, I need to do the high school route because that's, that's important to me. Yes. So how and has that changed your lives? Well, oof, my goodness. Um, I can say right now that he, he is very happy that he did it. And he, he will tell you that, yes, it was the right decision. He's going to do it again next year. High school soccer rocks when you that say- much. <laughs> Yeah. When you say do it again next year, you mean enroll in high school again? Right. He's going to continue. Yes. Because it is that good. Mm. 
the soccer, mm-hmm. the soccer. <laughs> well, and and what are his goals right now? Well, he like we were saying earlier. When when you follow your passions, people are like, you cannot do that. Well, he is learning that maybe soccer is not going to be for him. I didn't have to mm-hmm. tell him that. My husband has been telling me that, but I always told my husband, don't tell him that. He needs to learn that on his own. We cannot crush his dreams. Now he sees that maybe it's not going to work out. So he has been learning to do other things. He's very interested in investing money. He he has invested already a lot of money and it's growing. And he's also starting a business with his best friend. And they laid out the whole plan of the business, the whole philosophy. I am very shocked about this. The whole business plan laid out. And because he knows that maybe he's not going to be a soccer player. Mm-hmm. But but he thinks that maybe, yes, he can be a soccer player as a university. As a college student, he might be a soccer player. Not as the real world, mm. soccer world. So he's also looking into going into college if he gets a soccer scholarship. Right. So he has different options going on right now. Well, and the beauty of that is the fact that he got to try. He got to do it. You know, yes. that it was an option and he took that option and he was able to really experience what he needed to experience to come to that decision on his own. And like you said, I mean, sure, exactly. we can see things sometimes two steps ahead of our kids. We can, we have some experience under our belt that gives us some idea, but we don't know. We don't, just don't know. We think we do, but even, even if we feel hundred percent solid, it's, it's so important for them to kind of come to that realization on their own. Very right. Important. So, um, the, the soccer for college. So you're saying like he could probably get a scholarship because he's good enough to get a scholarship, but you're, he feels he's not good enough necessarily to be able to participate in the professional league. Exactly. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. That's right. Time will tell. (laughs) (laughs) So since you've written this book, I know you said you've already, you already have your other one written or it's going to be soon. It's coming out this July, July 11th. Look at you. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go, everybody. You got a second one it's, you need to get. <laughs> it's just it's just crazy because pe- people on social media kept asking me, how, how do you teach them how to read? How do you teach them how to write? How do you convince your partner? All those questions over and over. And I couldn't answer them in, in just a social media post. Yeah. So I said, you know what? Let's just write another book. That's amazing. <laughs> Good for you. Well, now that you wrote the first one and it's been out there for a little bit, how how have your kids responded to it? Have they I'm I'm assuming they've read it. Did they read it and yeah. and were, what did they think you you did a fair job representing them? <laughs> okay, so my older my older son read it because I asked him to edit it right. because I'm not a good writer. So he edited and when he finished reading it, reading it, he said, wow, I had a good life. Mm. That's what he said. Mm. <laughs> wow. Then my daughter, my daughter read it and she said, I cannot continue. It's too emotional. And then she quit. She didn't read it all. Oh, yeah. Wow. And Yeah. <laughs> and then my youngest, he was so happy when he finished it and he said, Wow, I'm not your most difficult kid. The other two are. <laughs> like, what the heck? 
that's so interesting that that's what he took from it. I know. It's hilarious. Oh my gosh. That's oh. awesome. Well, and what a testament to writing things down, you know, and documenting your story. How wonderful is this going to be for your kids to go back to in 10, 15, 20 years time? Um, because we do forget, we forget our childhoods. We forget all the little things that we did that have added up to be, to, to make us who we are. And, and so that you've documented so many specific incidences and activities and experiences, um, even conversations that will really help them kind of connect the dots and put the pieces together when they get a little bit older. So I, I commend you for doing that. Oh, thank you. Um, so speaking of your book, though, I want to look in, I want to, there's a couple of areas that I would love for you to talk to us a little bit about. And that um, is the area when you took your kids to, um, to Spain for five months. Yeah. So that's a big deal. Uh, that That's funny. A lot of people think it's a big deal, but it's not to me at all. It's so funny. Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal in that. For, for me, I would absolutely do that. I would love to do that. I just know for where we were when my kids were younger is they were so, they really were so attached to their home and their pets and their yeah, friends right. yeah, that it right. was like the idea of leaving for five months felt kind of impossible. I mean, we would have sometimes where we'd go along, go out of town for a long weekend and they're like, when we're going back, when we're going home. And right. you, know, you, so, you, you have, yes, I totally understand you, but you have you have to look at it from my perspective, which is I'm a foreigner. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in the U.S. and my kids are growing up in the U.S. Yes, and they are here, three hundred sixty days the whole year. They are here in the U.S. It breaks my heart because half of their body belongs in Spain and half of their body belongs in the U.S. Right, but the U.S. wins always wins. And it breaks my heart. So for me, it was like, okay, now we're going to go for five months. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's amazing. And I love that you got to do that. It, and and the, the way you shared the stories, that's, you know, that's the part of it that I think what we were saying about the parents getting a lot of homeschooling and unschooling too. So yeah, will you, will you just kind of walk us through the decision and how you were able to make that work with your husband and having a right. home in, in the U.S. and then going? So, like I said, going to Spain has always been difficult because the U.S., I, my life is here in the U.S., so I had to work. The kids had school. We didn't have money. It's, it was always a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, we could go during Christmas time or summertime, but never both. And it was always a short period because, again, we had school or my job. So when I finally was free, I didn't have a job and my kids were free from school. I said, why am I here? Why am I in the U.S. right now? I'm free. So I had to go. Mm-hmm. And of course, my husband is he he met me. I mean, he he, he knows I'm a foreigner. Yeah. It's like he, <laughs> he, completely, he completely understands. There's nothing. If he has negative feelings about it, he has never mentioned them. He's very understandable. He, he, knows, he knows I'm very happy here in the U.S., but he knows that I miss my culture. Sure. And, and my kids, I love it that they grow up here in the U.S. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love it. 
but it breaks my heart when I see that they are very Americanized and that they're forgetting a little bit of my culture. That breaks my heart. Mm. So to be there for five months, the culture back, got back inside of them. You know what I mean? I get like that. naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're really able to immerse yourself in that world and be with yes. your family and do all the different things. You know, that's part of where I think all those beautiful words of how you're feeling came out was that you got to witness them experience stuff that you witnessed as a child or experience these different yes. festivals. And, you know, so talk to us a little bit about that. Oh my goodness. I am a fan of my ocean, my Mediterranean and being able to see my kids swimming there. Mm. It gets me very emotional. Mm -hmm. Mm. So now you're getting me all emotional. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh my goodness. It's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful to see your kids in in your land, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. It's really beautiful. Yeah, I I can imagine. And especially, like you said, you weren't able to do it a lot. So when you were able to get there and really be there and didn't feel like you had to hurry through everything and because you have to get back on a plane, you know, you were able to kind of relax into it. And yes. um, so, yeah. so you stayed for five months. You have family there. Um, you were able to experience multiple different festivals and and the way you explained it too made me like I, I think I told you before we started recording I was like I'm ready to get on a plane and go to Spain like I need to get over there that, they just have way too much fun. <laughs> it was it was very important to me because like I said we always went for Christmas or summertime, so they never got to see September, which is a very very important holiday in my culture. It was like July Fourth for mm, you guys. Okay. September 11 is the same as July 4th, except that we lost. <laughs> right. And explain that a little um, bit, would you? Like what the name um, of the festival is and the and the time of the year? So legally, my passport says that I am from Spain. But that's because my country, um, Catalonia, was conquered by Spain. Mm. And that's legally, that's what I am, right? Spain. Mm-hmm. But we, Catalan people, on, on September 11, we celebrate that we are Catalan and we lost the war. <laughs> right. And, and Spain conquered us. <laughs> yep. That's what we celebrate because, well, we have nothing else to celebrate that our lost. I see. Yeah. So, yeah. And so it everybody kind of gets together and you cheat. I mean, it's not like even a sad celebration. It's more like a, it is what it is, but we're going to celebrate the yeah. people that we were before Spain conquered us right yeah right. yeah so that's a festival right. that is a big deal and your kids got to experience that um and then and then little festivals that here in america don't even exist and it i couldn't even explain to my kids what it was they mm-hmm. had to live it to be there and that made me so happy yeah so so happy yeah it's one thing to watch something on youtube it's another to be there physically correct yes yeah and yes, so yes. how, so they had that experience. I think it was in 2013. Is that correct? That you went in 2013? The very beginning of homeschooling. Yeah. 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 Okay. Have they talked about wanting to go back or are there any plans? Oh, yeah. My right now, this summer, my daughter and my youngest one are going. Nice. Um, a few last Christmas, my daughter and my older son went. Yeah. We always take turns. Okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. So do they speak Spanish? Yes, Catalan and Spanish, both. Okay, that was that was one of the sections of your book. But then one other section, you said, <laughs> this really made me laugh. 
and this is in regards to transitioning your mindset from a school mindset to homeschooling. Um, And it was when you learned about John Holt. And there was a a saying in there that said, um, I guess it was within your homeschool community that you're in bed with John Holt because you would fall asleep reading reading his books. (laughs) And I was like, oh "Oh my gosh, I wonder how many homeschool moms could relate to that. So so tell me about what your opinion is of John Holt and and how he kind of changed your life. Can I say I'm in love with him? Is that allowed? Yeah, sure. I'm in love with him. Uh, reading him, reading his books was my schooling moment. For every family is a different moment, right? We all mm-hmm. do it differently. For me, it was sitting on my couch in the living room, reading all John Hall's books one by one while my kids were playing in the rooms. It was fantastic. And I love, from from book to book, I love seeing his transition. He He also changed by writing those books. It's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. It completely changed me. Yeah. It changed me so much. Well, and I think it's important. I don't even know if we highlighted this at the beginning that you are a special educator, that you have, you went to school, you became an educator and you're a special educator. So you, you have the, the, the teacher in you, the, the teaching experience. Well, I was already a different kind of teacher, mm, okay. but 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 I did I did believe in the school system. I really trusted. I, I thought the school system would do a great job educating my kids. I really did believe it, but they broke my heart. <laughs> mm, yeah. How old were your kids when you decided to pull them out? They were nine, seven, and five. Okay. So the five-year-old had already been to kindergarten. He was in pre-K. Pre-K. Yeah. He was four and turned five, so he was in pre-K. Okay. And then at that point, there were just too many red flags or was it just a matter of you saw that things were changing with them as people or what was, what was the sort of the last straw? It, it, was, it was so many reasons, mm-hmm. but the bottom line is that the school kept disappointing me over and over and over. I was very disappointed as a mom and as a teacher, as a worker. And when my daughter, the seven-year-old, told me, that she wasn't learning anything and she was a little tiny girl and she wanted to learn. That shocked me that this girl wants to learn. She's in school and nobody's teaching her. Mm. That made me so mad. Mm-hmm. So that was the power. That, that, that was the strength that I needed to say goodbye. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And I left. Yeah. Left. I mean, the fact that a little kid wants to learn, my goodness, it broke my heart. Right. Well, and, and it's so... Um indicative of what kids are capable of and the fact that they are like little sponges and they just want to take in the world. And if you sit them, push them aside and, and kind of do not strike while the iron's hot, you know, like they're ready to go. They want to learn. They, they, they're absorbing everything. But then if you're just like, yeah, just, you're not causing a behavior problem right now. So just leave me alone for a minute while I deal with all this other stuff. Yeah. Did you, and she, she was labeled as gifted mm. and those kind of kids in the school system, they go to a special class and they do lots of math and lots of STEM, but my daughter is not gifted in that way. She's gifted in the music world and she's very artistic. Um, she just needed something different. So the school means well with those gifted kids, but not every gifted kid 
needs the same. Right. I learned that later on, though. Yeah. It's just gifted with athletes and music. Mm-hmm. And that's something that the school cannot give. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's an important piece to highlight, which is that the idea that we have all these different labels that we put on kids when they're in school that don't necessarily match for it doesn't not everyone falls under those labels let's put it that way exactly and so when we think that they're going to get what they need in school we have to be very involved I believe to find out if they really are getting what they need um and so were they receptive at all to your feedback or your questions did you feel like you were able to meet with the teacher or talk to the school No, like I kept it very quiet. All my anger was inside of me and I did not share it. No. Okay. No. Is that mainly because you just kind of knew based on being a teacher yourself or? It's who I am. I I kept everything inside. It's who I am. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I get it. I understand. I mean, you know, sometimes. I guess I am like my son. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you are more so than you thought. (laughs) I'm glad I helped you figure that out. Yes. <laughs> well, are, is there anything else you want to share about your journey for parents who are curious about unschooling and or maybe on the fence and just kind of are like, I'm curious, but I'm just not sure. Like what's some, what's some like words of advice or practical ideas? Oh my goodness. What I have least, yes. What I have recently learned is that the perfect education for your kid doesn't exist Mm. you can keep looking and looking it just doesn't exist and you have to create it you by looking at your kid create it along the way because it changes so you keep creating it along the way by giving what your kid needs so call it unschooling or not unschooling whatever the word it's about trying to give what your kid needs and every kid is so different Mm -hmm. so you cannot plan what your kid is going to need. First, you have to see it. Yeah. Does that help? Yeah. That's powerful because it's, it's, uh, we don't have a crystal ball. We can't go, okay, I know exactly what my kid needs because this is what they want right now. Um, and I, I know as a, I, that came true multiple times. I would, in my mind, imagine, oh, well, they're going to go this route now because this is what they're doing. And sure enough, they wouldn't. I was like, dang it. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. This reminds me of telling you, telling you about my older son. We all thought he would go to college to study history or politics. Mm. We got that wrong. He be, he became a novelist, wow. a fiction. Yeah. <laughs> and my daughter, because she was such a book reader and she loved animals, we thought she would be, you know, a veterinarian or something. No, she's going to be a service <laughs> artist. It's like you do not yeah, know. We just. <laughs> You don't know. And that's what. And my youngest, my youngest, he's the wildest of the wildest things. That's why he was a soccer player. Like he's just a wild boy. And now he's telling us he might go to college. It's like, (laughs) it's ridiculous. (laughs) You never know. You never know. Yeah. That's, that's good, good uh, examples and a good advice is to allow it to be and not try to get too far ahead of yourself. Um. Because yes. then, you know, then you kind of miss the moment as well. You're not exactly, you're not enjoying where they are. You're so worried about where they're going to go. So it's nice to yes. just say, all right, just take a breath. We're good. We're happy where we are. They're, they're thriving. 
they're enjoying life. We're enjoying life. And if anything, just get excited about what comes next. Don't try to predict it. So, well, Marta, thank you for spending time with me today and sharing this wonderful story and book with the world. And, um, you know, where can people find out more about, about your book and, uh, and, and about you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so thankful that you gave my book a chance. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy. My book is available in, in all the online bookstores and all those, what do they call the script? So all those kind of places that you can right. get an online yeah. book. Okay. It's everywhere. And well, I'm, I'm on TikTok and I'm on Instagram. Um, my name is um, Unschooling Story 18, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're like I didn't know you were on TikTok I'm gonna have to find you yes, on now yes TikTok is a lot of fun it really is yeah it's it's a fun app it, there's I've had more laughs on TikTok I think than probably any any app mm-hmm. all right well thank you so much thank you thank you for listening to learn more about guests on the podcast and to stay up to date on how they are showing up to make the world a better place for children and families please check the show notes. To become a part of the great educational awakening and to keep up with my latest writings, offerings, and workshops, be sure you're signed up for my Substack newsletter. You can also follow along on social media at Let em Go Barefoot. That's L-E-T-E-M-G-O Barefoot. If you are new to homeschooling, new to unschooling, or are simply unschooling curious but not sure where to start, We now have a beautiful 43-page downloadable guide that walks you through the how and why of self-directed education and child-led learning, as well as responses to common questions and concerns around academics, motivation, college, community, and more. You can find a link to purchase your copy in the show notes. Thank you so much for your support. As always, stay curious, stay connected, and stay aware. Until next time.